There are only 27 games left in Miami's regular season, but that still leaves lots of questions about this team as they prepare for the playoffs. Can everyone stay healthy? Who's out of the rotation? We'll break down everything you need to know to get ready for the end of the season. Plus, the latest updates from Heat practice on today's episode of Locked on Heat. You are locked on Heat. Your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, welcome to Locked On Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. I'm Wes Goldberg, editor at allyoucanheat.com. Joining me as always, it's longtime NBA reporter David Mill. However, you're tuning in on YouTube, Odyssey, or your favorite podcast app, thanks so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Got a packed show for you today. We're going to get into the biggest questions facing the Heat over the next 27 games of the season. But before we do that, let's start with some updates from today's Heat practice. Terry Rozier and Josh Richardson will travel with the team. In fact, everybody is traveling with the team the way somebody put it to me was it's one big happy family going on this four game trip uh eric spolstra sounded optimistic that one of rogier or richardson could return although he would not specify which one in spo's always coy manner he almost let it slip that yeah you know i think i'm optimistic that they could return and then uh Sun Sentinel's Ira Winderman said, oh, which one? Like Both or which one? And then Spo started to be like, oh, we'll see. I'll let you guys figure that one out. <laughs> so let's figure it out. Um, he wouldn't say which one, but in practice, Terry Rozier, no brace on that knee, no wrap on the knee. He it, he wasn't going through any of the post-practice like one-on-ones that they do or shooting drills or anything like that. Uh, but Josh Richardson was in a full sling. Right. Um with that uh, dis- as he recovers from that dislocated right shoulder. And so I'm going to go out and on a limb and say, I think Rozier is the one that might be back sooner rather than later and could return uh, on this four game trip. Um, but that would be an educated guess. And it kind of aligns with some of the things that we've been hearing in terms of the timeline anyway, that Rozier could be back before Josh Richardson. What do you think? I mean, I guess that Rozier seems like it's the most likely just because, you know, he's not walking around in a cast or he doesn't have a full wrap or anything like that. Whereas when you have to hold your arm up in a sling, that usually indicates that you're not anywhere close to returning to full strength. Mm. You know, that means that that muscle there, whatever's holding your shoulder or arm in place is probably weakened because of the injury. So my guess would be that Josh is probably going to be out for some considerable amount of time too. Plus now you have your backup point guard in DeLon Wright that we'll talk about a little bit later, but I just, you know, obviously the need for to be as coy as they have been. Like I, these players are going to return to the lineup at some point. We'll see them around. You know, they're going to be on this four game road trip. We'll see them on or off the injury list. You know, <laughs> there's no reason to be so. I don't can't, know, you can't give the opponent that. any any sort of inclination, any hints yeah, that your I'm players sorry. on the roster might play in the basketball game that's I, on the schedule. I think neither the Trailblazers nor the Denver Nuggets are like well. Terry Rozier is like this close to returning. So we, we, have, we have a separate game plan if it's Terry plan. Rozier who comes back and a separate game plan if it's Josh Richardson who comes back soon. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they got all completely they completely scrap just, everything. It's, oh, it's this so changes funny. our base it's defense. So what do we do? I, I So it's it's just fun. Uh, I don't know. Uh, that's fine. Uh, yeah. You I'm, think Rozier? I think Rozier. Rozier. That's good. Um, yeah. Jimmy Butler was a participant at practice today. There you go. Uh, did not speak with the media as per usual, but. Um, he was there, and Eric Spolster was asked whether he was going to – I think I asked Eric Spolster. I can't remember. It doesn't matter. Uh, sounds like Jimmy Butler's playing Friday night. That's at least the plan for now. But uh, the big takeaway from practice, the big headline, was that it was also the first time we heard from DeLon Wright 
since he signed with the Heat off of a buyout from Washington over the break. Uh, he told an awesome story about how he ended up in Miami. And apparently, David, we have Udonis Haslam to thank. Mm -hmm. Here's what Delon had what to say. What was that first conversation like with Terrell after you got after you made the decision to sign here? So when he was just down here for UD's uh, retirement, he was, uh, you know, him and a few other Q Rich, um, they were telling Spo and I think Pat, like, yo, y'all need to trade for DeLon. This is before the deadline. Y'all need to trade for DeLon. Like, he'll fit perfectly. And, um, you know, I was like, yeah, I, I would do it. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't against it. But um, once the buyout opportunity came, um, you know, we talked about it. And he was like, yeah, it's a no-brainer. Like, it's time to go. Like, you got to go do this. So um, he was pretty much the one that, like, jump-started everything. So, uh, you know, he was it's his idea. That's how business gets done in the NBA, David. You just have dinner and you say, hey, this would be kind of cool. And you're like, yep. And here's what we know. The Heat did call Washington about DeLon Wright before the trade deadline. That has been reported. We know this. They couldn't get a deal done. But maybe they thought, well, if they're not going to be able to trade DeLon Wright elsewhere, then he's going to get bought out. He did have interest in, or other teams were interested in him. But DeLon Wright said, I was locked in on Miami. It's so obvious why. It's such a, He was so excited. To yep. be in that on that practice floor, it was the first time he was on that practice court since he was 12 years old when he was running around with his older brother Darrell during Heat games. He was telling those stories too, and Eric Spolster was telling those stories. Just a lot of feel good vibes, David. And you and I talked yes. about not only the, the the contributions he can have on the floor, but the vibe contributions that the lawn right can have. And we've compared it last year, the Kevin Love situation, where the positive vibes he added to that locker room. Yes. This dude is all positivity, all vibes, and just good vibes at practice today overall. That's what a happy man and what a great story for him. Like, you know, just to be able to come back because there's just something incredible about the idea of him as a child tagging along with your big brother who's, you know, drafted out of high school. And now he's a member of the Miami Heat and you're there watching Shaquille O'Neal, Dwayne Wade and all these larger than life players. And you're kind of just like honing your game. And I, I got to shoot with these guys. I got to play here in the practice floor. And now I'm back as an adult you know, helping this team for something real. And I know he talked about that as well. The fact mm -hmm. that he's playing for something similarly to what we talked about with Terry Rozier. It's like, you know what? Now all of a sudden there's added stakes to the season and it's just an incredible, again, a success story for DeLon Wright. And I think the vibes are going to be a positive one. I, I Maybe it's overstating things. And I know it, it maybe a lot of people who look for a much more analytical bent might, you know, suspend this kind of idea. But to me, Having that positivity, having that good attitude as they're going into the playoffs, I think it counts a lot. Like, you mm -hmm. know, the power of friendship, as much as it might have been blown up last year, I think it meant something. Like, it, it helped, you know, Duncan Robinson unlock his potential against sitting next to Kevin Love. It helped the team kind of vibe. And, and you know, you sacrifice ego. You sacrifice, you know, your idea of what your role is going to be because it's all about the good of the team and you're playing for each other. That means something. I think that's why Miami mm -hmm. remains one of the most dangerous teams in the Eastern Conference because of that power of friendship, if you will. And because Eric Spolster's leadership, he's able to, able to coach yeah. these guys hard while also yeah. not, and hold them accountable while also not sort of having that vibe sputter and go off the rails either, right? And so um, you mentioned DeLon Wright talking about just going from a losing situation to a winning situation. We do have the clip right here. Playing two minutes, three minutes uh, on a team that's not really trying to win. So now uh, playing for something. Yeah, I'm definitely re-energized. Uh, I'm just ready. 
Like he's, you're, yeah, you're he grinned. went from a nine win, a nine. Yeah, he could not stop smiling, David. He couldn't stop smiling. He was so happy to talk. He was like so excited for his media session, first time like, in yeah. his floor. He's like, I love like talking media, to media day vibes, you know? It's yeah, like, it was it's all true stuff. Yeah, but uh, really you go true. from a nine win Wizards team where you're out of the rotation because they're trying to play young guys instead of you to a 30 win Miami Heat team that you grew up idolizing Dwayne Wade. Remember, he was he was part of the Dwayne Wade last dance Heat uh, jersey swaps. Um, yes. idolizing obviously his older brother who played there. Can you believe this? 20 years ago, Eric Spolster yeah. was like, Yeah, Darrell was here 20 years ago, and everybody, like, in those media circles, like, Oh my god, that was two decades ago. That seems <laughs> like everybody felt old at the same moment, which was pretty nice. But, yeah. uh, no, you're right when the, vi- the vibes matter. And if anybody who anybody who really covers the NBA, like, look, obviously, the X's and O's and the schematic things and talent sure. obviously matters, you have to be so freaking talented for the vibes to not matter. Like, unhappy teams have won championships. The unhappy, like the Heat, I wouldn't say they were unhappy in 2013, but it was a struggle. Um, yes. But, like, bad vibes kind of ruined them in 2011 against the Mavericks. I, I always said it was a miracle they even got to the finals in 2011 against Dallas. Uh, because bad vibes probably played more of a factor in 2014 when LeBron was In 2014, like, for sure. And then, yeah. but they didn't win. I'm saying, like, teams, no, teams right, have won right. championships with bad vibes. Like, the, the, the final cup, the final year of uh, uh, Kobe Shaq. That last, oh, yeah. uh, that last <laughs> Kevin Durant Warriors team, the one not not the one that lost to Toronto, but even the one in 2018, right. the vibes weren't awesome with that team either. But those teams were so supremely talented. This Miami Heat team is not supremely talented like those All Star, they need that Hall of Famer teams. But like vibes matter. Even the Denver Nuggets, like going into the championship last year, some of the changes they made in their locker room uh, from one year to the other, and and their GM has talked about this contributed to them being able to make a sustained playoff run. So all of it matters, but you can't dismiss, to your point, David, you can't dismiss the vibe factor uh, completely. No matter how analytical and X's and O's and just like grinding tape and posting highlights on Twitter, you are, you gotta, you gotta appreciate the vibe factor of all these things. But um, happy to have DeLon Wright in Miami. Uh, We'll see who ends up playing on Friday night. Again, it looks like Jimmy Butler is going to be available. Tara Rozier and Josh Richardson have been ruled out, to be clear. Friday's game in New Orleans. Um, Tally Hero is questionable with a foot thing, and yeah. uh, Duncan Robinson is expected to play, even though Jalen Brown tried to rip his arm off. So uh, we'll we'll end the updates there, and then we will zoom out and look ahead to the biggest questions for the Miami Heat over their final 27 games of the regular season coming up next on Locked on Heat. Today's episode is brought to you by Stitch Fix with Stitch Fix. You get a stylist who understands your style, your size, and your budget, and they do all the shopping for you. It's the easiest way to update your wardrobe this season. Easily upgrade your wardrobe this year with a professional stylist that helps you find new on-trend favorites that will work for you. Stitch Fix makes it all so easy. If you don't like to shop, and I know a lot of people don't, they save you time and effort. Plus, you get outfits that make you feel good and look good. So, Style that makes you feel as good as you look? Get started today at stitchfix.com slash locked on. That's stitchfix.com slash locked on. Stitchfix.com slash locked on. Thanks for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and your favorite podcast app. Locked On has launched a first-ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first-ever national sports 24-7 
streaming channel. David, I feel like I've been reading that tag for my entire life on this yep. show coming out of the first segment, going into the second segment. If you guys aren't tuning into that, just you got to give it a shot. Uh, our show is streamed on there. It's streamed today at 545. It's streaming right now as we record this um, right. on that channel. And uh, it's streamed there several times before. And it's a great way to keep in touch with what's going on with the rest of the NBA and all of uh, the sports landscape in general. Please make me stop reading that tag. Okay. Um, <laughs> if you guys listen, I get to stop reading it. Let's go. Let's jump into the five or the not. I have five questions that I have for the Miami Heat over the next 27 games. You have five questions. Um, I do wonder how many of our questions line up, if any. Well, I don't know. Yeah. But no, I know I, I, none of them do actually. But oh. uh, one I, I will knock out quickly because it's just one it. that we just talked about right now. It's, uh, you know, the additions of Terry Rozier. And now, of course, the addition of DeLon Wright. What are the vibes heading into mm. the postseason? Because I think that's a, a big question for me. We've got a taste of what it could be after today's press conference and, and practice. But at the same time, we saw this last year, too, right at the same time. Kevin Love on the buyout, good vibes. Everybody's talking about it. Feels good. You know, No trade happened. But at the same time, you get in a player of Kevin Love's caliber and his obvious fit on the roster, and everybody seems hunky-dory. It's all positive, right? But what happens? They lose a bunch of games. He looks a little bit older. He couldn't quite find his footing yet. A lot of up and down between then and the postseason. And then all of a sudden, everything just clicks. Or maybe the process was building behind the scenes and we weren't really aware of it. But slowly but surely, as the postseason rolled towards, you know, everything all of a sudden really started clicking into place. So we might see something similar with that. It might be over the next 27 games, a lot of kind of trying to incorporate things without Terry Rozier, without Josh Richardson. Maybe DeLon Wright struggles a little. Who knows? You could see a lot of this. But I think... The steps, the foundation are right there. And as we all know the story of the three little pigs, if you don't have the right foundation, everything's going to fall apart. So I think it's really important to kind of just keep that in mind. It might go through some bumps on the road, but I think overall it's going to be positive. But that's one of the things I'm looking for as the season continues to roll forward. Yeah, and the tough thing there, and this kind of goes into mind, is can they just stay healthy, right? And part of the vibes is getting these guys together on the court. Rogier, we don't know when he's going to come back, although we suspect it could be within the next week or so uh, within these next four games. Josh Richardson, we don't know. DeLon Wright, you're obviously adding to the mix here. Um, like, what are they going to get? 20-ish games to really build chemistry? They have turned over their point guard rotation completely since the beginning, of, since before the season started, and they're doing it mid-season. I asked Spo right. about it uh, after practice today, and he kind of was like, we're positionless, and we have so many guys who can are trained to handle the ball and bring the ball up and all the and initiate offense, which is true. Like, right. Tyler Hero... Josh Richardson, when he's healthy, Nikola Jovic, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, like all these guys. Chris Quinn, run. everybody, yeah. <laughs> Kevin Love can run offense for him. He's done it yeah. out of the high post and stuff like that. So, like, yeah, you've got – but the point guard is also a position on the floor. I agree that it's not as important as, like, sort of spread, pick, and roll heavy mm -hmm. teams, which Miami obviously is not. Um, but you've also added two major rotation pieces to your roster regardless of position. So it'll be – they do need some time. To gel, how can the Heat stay healthy? How much time will they get to gel once they get healthy? Can they stay healthy, or is there going to be another injury on the other side of this? Or is somebody else going to try to rip somebody else's arm out of their socket? <laughs> Who knows? The Heat have had 29 different starting lineups this year, they have had 190 games lost due to injury. That's the third most in the league. Memphis is at the top with 311, which is just bananas. Um, Portland is right there with Miami at 191 games lost, but you know what the Heat have. Uh, that Memphis and Portland doesn't 
playoff hopes. A winning record? Right, <laughs> a winning record. Like, this is by far the team, the, the team with the only team with a winning record that has this many injuries by far that they're dealing with. They need to get healthy. They need to stay healthy. They need time to gel, especially with these new pieces. That leads me to my next thing, the starting lineup. Hmm. Does it is this the starting lineup? Is is this it? Is it Terry Rozier, Tyler Hero, Jimmy Butler, Caleb Martin, and Bam at a bio? I like that starting lineup. I love the rotations that Spo has been able to get to when this group had been healthy for about a week before these injuries to Rozier and Richardson and, and Jimmy Butler had to miss some time. But yep. that starting group is was outscored their opponents by 19 points in their 41 minutes. It's not a lot. The Heat don't have a single lineup starting or otherwise that has logged more than 79 minutes all season another like just a bananas number through 50 plus games right like the celtics who have like the the best starting five in the in the league by net rating like they're almost at 400 minutes and the heat their their heaviest used lineup is 79 minutes and those lineups have kyle (laughs) lowry in them and he's not even on the team anymore so um that's but i like what we've seen in the limited sample an offensive rating of 126.7, which is uh, really, really good. It would be the greatest offense ever by far. But obviously, they're not going to do that. But the early returns have been positive. Well, that kind of leads me to my next question, too, because as good as that starting lineup has been, I think that a lot of Heat fans have seen something positive when Duncan Robinson is the starter. Obviously, the hmm. numbers reflect his impact. So what is Duncan Robinson's role going to be? Will his minutes be cut? And how does he respond? Because I think that's a huge concern of mine is knowing that he, he just he looks so much more polished and, and complete as a player when he's out there as a starter as opposed to when he's coming off the bench. It's not to say that he necessarily struggles, but obviously the win-loss record when he's a starter kind of reflects his immediate impact. So I, I have you know some, again, concerns about whether or not his minutes are going to be cut because I think they this team plays better when Duncan's out on the floor and I think that shows, especially when their offense tends to bog down, as it probably will. And when things are different in the playoffs, as you know, defenses key in on certain players, or when Jimmy Butler gets double teamed, and when Bam's got now doesn't have a shot falling, you need somebody who is that release valve on offense to be able to ignite their offense. You know, I know he's ignitable, and I think Duncan is probably the best suited for it. It could be Rozier, it could be Hero. I mean, there could be there are other options on the team, but I think things just flow differently with Duncan out there. A couple of things there. When you said, are his minutes going to get cut? Is that because the signing of DeLon Wright? Is that why you're DeLon Wright, everybody's healthy, et cetera. Because when they're healthy, I think he's got the the spot in the rotation. I think DeLon Wright pushes Josh Richardson for minutes. I think they're really comfortable with what Duncan Robinson provides. And you're right, because he is so important. He's their only, like, off-ball, three-point shooting threat on a game-to-game basis. Tyler Hero can get there. When he's feeling right. like it, sometimes on um, sure. some nights he could be off ball. Some nights he prefers to be on ball. Um, do you think that Duncan Robinson should start? I don't know. I I don't. We saw Caleb kind of rounding into form at this point. I probably I'd be much more comfortable, I think, with Duncan starting and probably Terry coming off the bench. But I don't. Oh, know so you start Duncan that. and Tyler? Yes. Mm. I think you can afford to do that. Again, I think they're both improved defensively. And I know that you're going to see them targeted, but guess what? That, you know that's going to happen. It doesn't really matter. They have to be able to hold their own, and it's up to everybody else to kind of find a way. I think again, you you have that balance with three plus defenders and Martin Butler and Bam. I think that kind of offsets it a little bit. You know, I, Rozier is a plus defender. At least he's mostly been very good throughout his career. I think he's still struggling a little bit in terms of how to adjust here in Miami. We'll see whether or not he's able to make that adjustment once he returns and he's healthy. 
but yes, I think Duncan should start. Huh. Um, most people would say replace Tyler Hero with Duncan Robinson because it's just like yeah, a, a, like an offensive leaning for an I think that ship leaner. has sailed and it's sailed years ago. So I'm not no, going to go there. So you're, yeah, you're just done dreaming about it. People could complain <laughs> about it, but you're being realistic about it because I'm with you. It's not going to happen. If it was going to happen, right. it was going to happen when he came back uh, from the injury earlier this year. And as soon as he was right. healthy and ready to play a full allotment of minutes, he was back in the starting lineup. Duncan was back on the bench, even though Duncan Robinson had been playing awesome in his minutes. Um, I like the rim pressure that Rozier gets. I know that Duncan Robinson driving is a thing. But he doesn't get rim pressure the way that Rozier does. He just doesn't. And yep. Rozier on the floor, Miami's uh, frequency of getting corner threes has ticked up dramatically from one of the worst teams in the league in generating corner threes to one of the best teams in the league uh, in generating corner threes when Rozier is on the court. Uh, on the court, And that corner three was a huge tool in fueling that finals run last year. When they started getting those against Milwaukee and New York, that was a big reason why they were able to get as far as they did and then take the Celtics uh, – uh, out in the Eastern Conference Finals. So um, we'll see. Uh, but I think Duncan Robinson's going to play a huge role, and I think it's good uh, to flag that. All right. Bam Adebayo has a lot of money on the line, and he can mm-hmm. make that money based on what he does this season. We'll explain that next here on Locked on Heat. Today's episode is brought to you by our partners over at eBay Motors. They've teamed up with Locked on Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. Let's see who has uh, Josh has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. We've got five players listed for you here. Io DeSunmo, he makes a return to this list with Patrick Williams out. Io's probably going to get a bump in his minutes. Scoot Henderson, who Miami will see in the upcoming road trip, has been their starting point guard. You know, we'll see whether or not he's able to be available, because I know he's had some issues with injury as well, but we'll see whether or not he kind of gets some uh, return to mild efficiency because he has not been dominant. Keontae George has had a really good rookie season for the Utah Jazz, and Marvin Bagley the third, he's the only center left on Washington's roster. Kelly Olenek now with the Toronto Raptors. Is he going to have a role that's clearly defined there? Are they going to be playing for something? Is he going to be able to bump up his production? Trey Mann is another name out there. I wonder whether or not he's going to be able to to play some more minutes now so we'll see whether or not he has a a bump in his production anybody there that you particularly like moving forward i'm a big keontae george guy i love what i've seen yes, you are. in utah yeah he's, he's he's one of my guys i would go keontae george but i have oh, kelly Linick on my fantasy team so i'm hoping that he's the one that breaks out <laughs> either one good choices but george i think he's just going to get more opportunity utah yeah. they're not making a playoff push they're not going to tank games because that's just not who they are but at the same time having made the trades that they did they're clearly, you know, again, kind of soft rebuilding mm-hmm. here. It means a lot of building. shots for the rookie. Exactly. So. so Josh Lloyd from Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is all about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. Who doesn't love taking care of your car? You want to be able to get from place to place. It's your modus operandi. It's what you need in order to get around from place to place, whether it's work or school or, you know, your your See your partners and loved ones, your family members, your car is everything, especially in an area like South Florida. You have to drive so far, so many, so often. You need it to be in tip top shape. So if you want to fix your car and make it the best you can, then make sure to look up eBay Motors with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die. You can make sure your ride stays running smoothly with roof racks, bumpers, whatever your car needs. eBay Motors has it. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, 
At these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your car alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, and exclusions do apply. Thanks for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and your favorite podcast app. All right, let's keep going with our biggest questions for the final 27 games of the season. I want to talk about Bam Adebayo. Yeah. Uh, does he make one of the All-NBA teams, or does he win Defensive Player of the Year? And I ask those questions because, obviously, Bam wants to do both of those things, but also he's got a lot of money on the line for that. If he gets Defensive Player of the Year, or if he's named to the All-NBA, one of the three All-NBA teams, he becomes eligible for a super max extension that's worth four years, $245 million. He's going to be eligible for an extension if he doesn't qualify for the super max of three years, $152 million this summer, regardless. So that's a difference average annually of $12 million. It's a whole lot of cash, uh, David. So um, a lot on the line for Bam here. I think Defensive Player of the Year. This, it's probably not going to happen. It feels like it's uh, Rudy Gobert is a lock uh, for that. And if it doesn't be, if it's not Rudy Gobert, Jared Allen is moving up the boards on FanDuel and things like that. I just don't know that it's going to happen for Bam. But I do think all NBA is within the realm of possibility. So let's keep this in mind. Bam can only, and this is another big thing that I'm monitoring, he can only miss six more games and remain eligible for any of these awards mm. after missing time with that hip injury. So he can only miss six more games he has made it clear that he intends to play every game that he is healthy yeah. so he does not plan on sitting out second night of back-to-backs he's not planning on resting if the the couple the last couple of games of the regular season don't matter going into the playoffs like he's not planning on doing any of that he wants yeah. to go after this so uh but jimmy butler has been eliminated so that takes away that that opens up maybe a spot on the all nba team joel Embiid has been eliminated, obviously opening up a spot on the All-NBA team. Tyrese Halliburton is probably not going to make it. He can only miss five more games. We'll see what happens with him. Um, but let's eliminate those three guys. Uh, I think, assuming health, I've got 10 players as a lock for All-NBA. No particular order. I got Steph, Luka, Durant, Giannis, SGA, LeBron, Jokic, Kawhi, Donovan Mitchell, and Jason Tatum. I think those guys are a lock to make it, assuming health. Yeah. So that leaves a pool of about a dozen players to choose from for five spots. And let's also keep in mind, it is positionless this year, which kind of helps Bam because he's not competing for basically three center spots, but also can hurt him because he's competing with every player in the NBA now. Um, yeah. But that pool, I've, I've narrowed it down to a short list of Jalen Brunson, Anthony Edwards, DeMontis Sabonis, De'Aaron Fox, Anthony Davis, Rudy Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns, Tyrese Maxey, Paul George, Larry Markkinen, and Bam. Uh, so five spots out of that group. Um, I think Not Bam, good odds. you don't Not like good the, odds. It, it's tough. It's going to be tough for him. But that means if he plays like he did the first three weeks of the season, uh, I think he can make uh, it. That's a big question. I mean, I, yeah, I, it's a it's a good question to see whether or not more than the eligibility or anything like that is just whether or not he raises his level of play overall. And I think that's the thing is that, you know, obviously he wears so many different hats on this team. And I think that's kind of ebbed away at the level of production that we saw from him earlier in the season offensively. Mm -hmm. So you wonder whether or not he's going to focus on that. And I think he also has enough of a level head where he's not going to put himself in a position where he could get or re-aggravate any injury, especially if it could cost a team during the playoffs. I, I, you know, I think he'll, 
they'll wind up sitting games for sure over the next 27 games. I think that's just likely. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't know that he can surpass most of the players on that list that you read out there. Like there were only mm-hmm. maybe a couple Markinen and I'd somebody else. Markinen. I'd put him yeah, over, over I'd probably put him over Towns. I would. I'd over put him Gobert, over maybe just because it's the one dimensional aspect of what Rudy provides. Yeah, but... it's just it's hard if you win defensive player of the year to also not make all NBA. Jalen Brunson's gonna make it, the New York Media Mafia. I should have made him a lock. He's gonna make it probably. Yeah. Um, he's been great. I mean, that's not a oh, knock. Right. Jalen Brunson, I would put him on my top. He's easily been one of yeah. the best 15 players in the league this year. I'll say this about Bam. Only four players are averaging at least 20 points, 10 rebounds, four assists, and two stocks. Stocks for blocks plus steals. Three of them are locks, or would have been if Joel Embiid wasn't hurt. It would be Joel Embiid, Giannis, and Jokic, and then Adebayo. Like, Adebayo is in that – he's not in that class in terms of maybe one of the, – the, the, those are the three best players in the NBA right now. But right. He, the numbers he's putting up, plus what he provides defensively that I don't think any of those guys really provide the same way that right. – like, in terms of Bam's yeah. versatility defensively and this the night-to-night effort he gives on that end. I don't know. So I, bonus I, and I, Fox I really... kind of cancel each other out too because they're both Kings players. So you mm. have to pick one. You could oh, say does that help Miami counts. then? Yeah, because probably. If Jimmy it Butler's helps. eliminated, and yeah. if Miami is in one of the top six, it kind of feels like you'd have to have a Heat. Pl- I think some voters would be like, "We have to have a Heat player on here," and Jimmy Butler is not eligible. And as long as Bam's right. eligible, maybe Bam does. I don't know. I'm I'm going to be optimistic about Bam, okay. but we'll see. It's just something to monitor. What's your next question? Uh, you know, we talked about it a little bit before in terms of the three point shooting, uh, especially the corner three, but can Terry Rozier regain his shooting from beyond the arc? It's not yep. like he was lighting it up from Charlotte, uh, and while he was there, but you know, he's been a, a somewhat inconsistent shooter throughout his career, but he's just been really bad in a heat uniform. So I think that's something definitely to consider mm-hmm. that he's been hovering like around 20 something percent since he joined the heat. And I know a lot of that is kind of just Maybe he's pushing himself. Maybe he's kind of put a lot of pressure on himself uh, and trying to figure out. But it's a lot less attempts, too. If anything, that's a kind of a concern is that on less attempts, somehow he's been even less efficient than he was in Charlotte. He's putting up a lot more shots, uh, shots and he had a lot more freedom to put those shots up in Charlotte. And yet here, it's just it just seems like he's not very comfortable from three-point range. And I think in order for Miami – to have him out on the floor, and in order for Miami to be their very best version, you need that kind of threat from Terry Rozier. If he's out there shooting blanks for the next 27 games or in the postseason, nobody's going to guard him, and all of a sudden it's five mm-hmm. on four, and you can just kind of ignore him from three-point range. Yeah, becomes the Kyle Especially if his injury kind of takes some of his... Yeah, exactly. So you, uh, you don't want that. That's why you make the trade in the first place, hoping that he could ignite the yeah. offense or provide a spark. It doesn't seem I'm right. not worried about it. He's a career 36.5% three-point shooter. He's a good right. three-point shooter for his career. Even like, what he did in Charlotte, like I'm looking at his full body of work. He's a good shooter. I'm not yep. worried about it. I think you're absolutely right when it comes to the, like he's getting it. He's playing a new offensive role than he did in Charlotte uh, for most of this season. And we saw this with the Heat as a team last year. Couldn't hit a shot if their life depended on it all season long. And then the playoffs, they all caught lightning in a bottle and boom, next thing you know, the eighth <laughs> seeds in the NBA final. So you know what? This is good. This is a good thing. Keep, keep looking keep forward bluff. to forty five percent from three. Here. Yeah, keep bluffing Terra's here. Yeah, <laughs> keep holding out, baby. Um, I'm gonna let's breeze through a couple of them. I'm wondering if the defense is real. They're right now eighth in defensive yeah. rating. They started out the year great. October, November had a defensive rating around of uh, 111 points allowed per 100 possessions. December it got worse, 116 points, about average. January about the same, about league average. And then in February. Uh, through the first few games of February before the break, they had a defensive rating of 104.8. Uh, 
which was tops in the league for that month and would rank within the top five for this season. I don't think they're quite that good. I think the cupcake schedule definitely helped them at the beginning of these first few games of February. Um, but they can't I think be they're league better average. Than they were. They, right. Yeah, I, they cannot be league average. So I think they'll settle somewhere between like 8th and 11th probably by the end of the season. That feels about right. But I, I do, I just wonder what this defense is. Are they actually good? I don't yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think I'm more optimistic. I think that the focus is, you know, you can kind of take your, your your foot off the gas in the first 50 some odd games and then kind of ramp it up as the playoffs near. So yep. I think we'll see a return to that. That's kind of historically what Spo led teams have done. So I, I again, I'm feeling a little optimistic, especially with the addition of this guy. So what is DeLon Wright's role exactly? And I think that's mm-hmm. something that I'm curious to see play out over the next 27 games, even though that might necessarily mean nothing when it comes to the playoffs, because we've seen players go into the playoffs and then all of a sudden you get a completely different role. Is he going to be you know completely out of the rotation? Is he going to start? All possibilities are there for any Heat players. So I think that's a big question for me. My last one is, can the Heat escape the play-in tournament? It's going to be a lot of standings watching over these next couple of months here. Miami right now, seventh in the East at 30 and 25. The Pacers are a half game up on them. The Knicks are a game and a half uh, up. And I'm sorry, the 76ers are two and a half games up. And the Knicks are three games up for that four seed. I think that's sort of the realm where Miami would like to settle. You do not want to be seven to 10. You don't want to end up in the play-in tournament. Again, I know Miami made out of it last year. It's too much of a coin flip, too much variance to flirt with again. You don't want to get in there. And you want to try to even maybe even get some home court if you can get as high yes. as number four. Um, the Knicks, despite having been the like the hottest team in the league for about a month, suddenly are succumb with injuries. Julius Randle, OG Ananobi, Bogdanovich, Mitchell Robinson, a bunch of other guys have been hurt. Sixers obviously dealing with Joel Embiid. I think that Miami, I think the Pacers will fall. And I think there's a chance that with these injuries, the Knicks and the Sixers can fall. We've seen yeah. the Sixers make their big run of the season. We've seen the Knicks make their big run this season for January. Miami hasn't made their big run. And I don't know that it's coming. Nobody knows. Right. But if if like you got 27 games to maybe go on a run here and the schedule kind of leads itself for that to happen. Miami, when you consider the, the strength of schedule, uh, opponent winning percentage um, and rest advantage, Miami has the seventh easiest schedule remaining in the NBA. That's that's awesome because, yeah. yeah, you compare that to the Sixers, 26th easiest schedule. So, in other words, the fifth hardest schedule. The Knicks have our 22nd easiest schedule, and the Pacers have the 13th easiest schedule. So, Miami, based on their competition, has the easiest remaining schedule. Uh, and so, if they can get healthy and you get this version of Jimmy Butler that we saw over the last, like, seven games before going into the break, I, I think a run is there for Miami to make. And if they yes. do make it at the right time, we could be looking like we could wake up at the end of the regular season and be like, Oh my God, the heat are the number four seed in the East. I think it's possible. I certainly do. But unfortunately with all these players coming back and players still out with injury and everything else. And now the acquisition of a new player, who is going to fall out of the rotation? And I think a lot of Heat fans are concerned about whether or not it's Josh Richardson or Duncan Robinson or whoever it might be. Again, I don't I don't necessarily think it's Duncan. I think it's mostly Nikola Jovic who seems likely to fall out yep. of the rotation, although there's a possibility of Haywood Highsmith. I think he can earn some minutes because obviously with Eric Spolster's premium on defense being what it is, I think Haywood's still going to have some opportunities. We saw even last year in the playoffs where he had his minutes, but somebody's going to fall out and it seems likely to be Nico. So just letting Heat fans know ahead of time, don't expect any big performances for Nikola Jovic in the playoffs because he doesn't seem likely to even get on the floor. 
Yeah, I've got a core eight in Miami's rotation. Terry Rozier, Tyler Hero, Jimmy Butler, Caleb Martin, Bam Adebayo, Duncan Robinson, Jaime Hawkes, and Kevin Love. And I think Josh Richardson and DeLon Wright will probably fight for that ninth rotation spot, which means that Jovic is out. Haywood Highsmith is out. Like, there's definitely certain matchups where they could be used, right, strategically by Spo, But I, I think that by the time you get Didn't to the really playoffs... didn't really make any difference last year, right? I mean, he, he went into... The same lineups every series, despite well, the that's different what you do. opponents. That's what you do in the playoffs, right? You just play your yeah. game. You play the guys, yeah. like the eight that's or nine right. guys who you trust the most. And I think that's what it's going to be. I think that's what it's And by the way, that's fine. Nikolajovic has gotten a ton of really great experience in his second year in the NBA at 20 years old. Like, it's okay, Heat fans. Uh, if the other eight players are better, they're just better. And that's good news. Um, all right. 27 games left. During the Miami Heat season, at least in the regular season, huge ramp up towards the playoffs. Stay with us here on Locked on Heat after every game. Uh, we will have a show during the week, and uh, we'll have a ton of great interviews and all these great things um, as the season goes on. And we're going to be ramping up for the playoffs, too. But for now, thanks for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube and follow us on your favorite podcast app.